Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another series of Spotlight on Serious Decisions. We've had the pleasure of, of doing these podcasts before. This is coming to you actually from the Serious Decisions Summit 2019 in Austin, Texas. And my guests on this first podcast are Gil Canari, who's Senior Research Director marketing executive services at Serious Decisions, and John Donlan, who's Senior Research Director in the Technology Practice. Welcome to both of you. Thanks, Kim. Great to be here. And I thought, just in case we have some new listeners, um, we should kick off. Gil, perhaps you could just give um, a little bit of a description of what Serious Decisions does, and then, and then John, talk about the recent acquisition by Forrester. Sure. So Serious Decisions is based on the concept that if we can align organizations, specifically product, marketing, and sales, they'll grow more efficiently, they'll grow at a faster rate, and they'll be better organizations. So what we have is we have three major pieces. We have uh, advisory, which is composed of folks like myself and John, who work closely with our clients on a one-on-one basis in order to help drive best practices throughout the organization. We're backed by years and years and years of research. Uh, and then to help internalize and to help operationalize that, we have a consulting arm and we have uh, learning as well. And our goal is never to just put research in front of people and tell them, oh, good luck, hope it works. It really is to work and be a partner with them. And our job, again, is to drive alignment within each of those individual groups and also across in order to make the organization as efficient and as impactful as possible. Okay. And Forrester, you're now under the Forrester umbrella. That's right. We, uh, we sure are. So the... The announcement of the acquisition uh, came in November of 2018, and the deal closed in January. And so we've spent the last few months working on that integration. Really, we're going to take probably the balance of the calendar year to figure out how the two organizations fit together, where the synergies are and where the things are that we do a little bit differently. Um, you know, the, the great thing we've discovered already is that the two organizations are very complementary to one another. So while we're both research organizations, um, we're both serving clients in different ways, and we're really excited about the ability to serve our common clients with even more services going forward. Okay, it's going to be really interesting to follow how that develops. But let's get to our main topic today, which is the future of B2B technology. And sitting in the keynotes this morning, I'm already picking up two important themes here, our high performance and the vision for the future. So let's talk a bit about the present and about the forces which are pushing B2B technology to change and develop. Sure. If you look at some of the forces that are driving that, I mean, a lot of it is actually around what's happening with the people that we have to reach. I mean, if you think about it, B2B technology is just about delivering a customer experience. That's it, right? It's the only reason we have it. So if you look at the customers, one, they're, they're, they're asking for a level of accountability that perhaps that we're not used to providing. They, wanna, they want you to know who they are. They want you to understand what they need. They want you to deliver that and then take the data that they provide on a, um, you know, take care of it and make sure that it is used appropriately. Uh, they also want you to be able to support the atomization of delivery mechanisms that they're really looking for. You know, they want to talk to you in person. They want to talk to you on the web. They want to see. They want to talk to you uh, in their car someday, right? Hopefully, not the person behind me, but you know, <laughs> the car probably one day. So, as, a, as an organization, you have to be able to deliver that accountable experience and do it across that entire atomized ecosystem. Another thing that you, they are also looking for is the concept of authenticity, the sense that. You know, if you think about how people are, are picking companies now, they're not just picking companies by products and features. They're really looking at who that company is and mm-hmm. does that company reflect who they are. 
So as a company, you, your interactions, your entire being and culture has to reflect your sense of who you are and it has to align with theirs. So that has to come through all of your interactions, which forces it on technology. And John, I think, has a really good point of view on the adaptability and the AI that this requires. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, none of this really matters if, and unless we can respond quickly and we are adaptable to the customer needs and we can respond in a personalized way, like like Gil said. And one of the things that's fueling that is artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, people love throwing the buzzword around or the buzz letters AI around, but it really is enabling us to be able to scale the decision making that we're doing. And so, so those five trends together, the adaptability, the uh, artificial intelligence, authenticity, atomization, accountability, those are the five major business trends that we're seeing. And it's interesting, you know, those are really reflective of a lot of social and cultural changes that we're seeing in, in society today um, that really kind of boil up to this one idea of interconnectedness. Right. And, um, you know, it's a global economy, it's a global world, we have access to being able to, you know, get in touch with us, get in touch with each other better than we ever had before. And so these five trends for B2B sales marketing product are really going to enable that interconnectedness. Okay, and I think another way of expressing what you both just said is that customers in B2B are carrying over the highest possible expectations they found in B2C. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That, that seems to be what's, that's what they expect now. Now, in the end, every B2B person you're dealing with is a B2C consumer, and they're more a B2C consumer than anything else. So as you look at the expectations that are being set, it's not the B2B world that sets it. We're following the much larger B2C world, and their goals are our goals soon enough. We have that added complexity of we're talking to multiple people and we're talking to accounts, mm -hmm. but that's the challenge that makes B2B tech interesting. Yeah, and you listed those five important trends you're seeing, and some of them AI we're familiar with, some of them are, I think, self-explanatory. I just wanted to hone in a little bit on atomization, because people might not be quite sure what, what that means in this context. Yeah, if you look back, even not that long ago, you know, if you wanted to reach people, there were fairly defined channels. It started out with newspapers, and then radio, and then TV, and then print ads. And But what's happening right now is people are picking the ways they want to be communicated to, and those are rapidly proliferating. If you look at um, the web, if you look at all the different variations inside the web, you know, on your site, on the partner site, if you look at how they want to be communicated to on their phone through all these different apps, if you want to look at how they want to engage with you in events, you know, what's happening is, it's, it's much less about how the information is communicated, but more the level of the, 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 data, the actual content that you're delivering, right. but you have to craft the content. So if you've got a really good idea, if you've got a message about your product, you've got to figure out a way to deliver it in person in a giant seminar room like we've got today. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure out a way to deliver it on an app as the person's in the subway. You've got to figure out a way to deliver it through a long-form piece that they might have chosen to download on something like Pocket and Read. Your B2B tech, has to be able to handle all of those. And if you can't handle, if you can't deliver it the way they wanna, they wanna, they wanna consume it, you're gonna have a challenge. Well, and, and it's getting to be uh, incredibly complex. And I think what, what's happening is we're just sort of peeling back the covers. And it's always been complex, but now we have visibility into that. So, you know, in the early days of atomization, it was, well, we have this one 50-page white paper. Let's break it up mm -hmm. into little pieces and, and distribute it in different ways. But now there are so many different channels. And really the key, 
what people are expecting is that all the, those delivery mechanisms are going to be coordinated and they're going to be orchestrated. And that's where the complexity lies. And we've got a lot of work to do there. It's funny, this, this conversation that we're having is a really good example of this. We're having this conversation, you know, thank you for letting us uh, talk on your podcast. We're having a presentation for a few hundred people today. We've got experience rooms and sessions in our booth. We have white papers that we're writing. You know, that's, that is the way you have to communicate content now. Yeah, it's interesting the way that you can represent this visually because something we're all familiar with because we've all lived through it is a situation where you have a series of siloed vertical communication mm -hmm. channels, social, email, website, yeah. white paper, so on. But you're flipping that and you're talking about horizontal integration, that hor um, a kind of a horizontal map uh, which cuts across those silos. Yes. Talk a bit more about that and the layers involved. You know, if you, if, you, if you think about the fact that the biggest thing we talk about is an interconnected, hyper-relevant experience, that experience has to connect no matter what you're using. And in order to deliver that connected experience, you can't do it with silos. Uh, the problem with technology today, and this isn't necessarily a problem, it's just how it evolved, is that marketing tech has evolved in silos. You develop a category, you build everything you need to deliver on that category, you build another category that does something slightly different and another one and another one. And you need all of those, but in the end, the user on the other side, they don't care that, hey, that's a different system, that's a different group of people, oh, that's a different content source, <laughs> right. they don't care. And the only way to deliver an experience that is horizontally integrated to the user is to connect it below the scenes. If you try to connect it at the end, it's too late. So, yeah. you know, John can talk to you about where data and analytics provides the root of this, and we can talk about how you have to orchestrate it and deliver it as one piece. So. And it's interesting to put it in a little bit of historical context, too. If, you know, if we flash back 20 years, what marketing wanted to do from a technology standpoint had to run through IT. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so we had to have good relationships there, and it was a little, you know, it was a little chunky sometimes in dealing with that red tape. And it's been great in the last 10 or 15 years that marketing, sales marketing and product really have had the freedom and the independence to develop their own stack. But as Gil said, the problem is now those things are siloed and they're not necessarily talking to each other as well uh, as they could. And so that's one of the things that we're seeing is the need for those horizontal layers that connect across all of those systems. And to some extent, this is a little bit back to the future. If you look back, and I'm completely dating myself by saying this, but <laughs> if you look at the early 90s, when we were transitioning from those huge enterprise systems and we started building the concept of middle, middleware, the right, middle layers right. in the middle that said that connected data and experiences on the other side and made it seamless. It's effectively the same thing applied to the marketing and uh, B2B world. And the, the basic structure here that you have is, is fairly simple. You have the delivery layer on top, which is where the messages get executed and delivered to the, con uh, to the customer. Below that is orchestration, which hopefully is self-explanatory. Below that, analytics and at the at the, the foundation of it all, data. And I really wanted to ask you about that because I know Serious Decisions is agnostic as to software vendors and so on, but there's a clear uh, trend going on. I could list Adobe, Oracle, Salesforce, and SAP of really trying to develop that basic data level mm -hmm. so that you can actually activate relevant messages in real time. Is this a really key trend right now? 
Yeah, absolutely. And one of the most tangible ways I think people are probably seeing this in the marketplace is the the buzz around the phrase CDP, or yeah. customer data platform. And um, you know, the, it, it's funny we laugh about this kind of internally because the idea of a customer data platform is really is nothing new. It, in fact, it's almost what a CRM was meant to be back in the day before it became a pipeline tracking tool. Right. But it's the idea that it's one place where you can bring all your data from all your different source systems. It gets transformed in a way so that we standardize it. We rationalize it, we have it all in one place. These days also it's important to be able to apply your privacy uh, compliance there if you're not already doing it in your source systems, which you should also be doing. But that's the idea. We want to bring in sort of this raw information, these raw signals that we're getting from our engagement platforms and we want to be able to you know, break out the noise, do some noise reduction uh, in there. And then we've got usable information. From there, now we can put our analytics tools on top of this good data you know, and be able to understand what's happening under the covers. But that creating that data layer, there is a, a lot of work there. It's sort of simple to say, okay, you know, but let's have a data layer. But uh, there are entire uh, organizations and technology providers that that is their raison d'etre. That's all they do is to, is, uh, is to get that data clean. It, the other thing too about like this whole game of like the data layer, I think who gets to decide who buys it and what companies get bought I think there's a, there's a big question in the middle of this, and that question is, is this the sales and marketing data layer, or is this the enterprise data layer? Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the sales and marketing data layer, some of the players that you see in that space have a shot. And it'll be a decision that's made by the revenue ops team, like we're going to talk about this session, or this, uh, this summit. But if it's the enterprise one, if all of a sudden it's going to be the one that not just supports sales and marketing, but also finance and customer support and all of those other units, now it becomes a very traditional enterprise product. Now IT's in charge, or at least involved, and now you're looking at a, it, it narrows down the set of people that are gonna be considered, but it also adds the problem of, how do we as sales and marketing technology leaders introduce our, our requirements and our concepts into this and not get it lost in such a large thing? The challenge with those big general solutions is they tend to generalize the requirements, which is problematic for the specific needs that we have as sales and marketing people. And that, that's a great point, Gil, and that may be the trickiest balance in the next three to five years is developing uh, a data and a technology group within, you know, whether it's within marketing ops, sales ops, product, or under the banner of revenue ops, like, again, like we're going to talk about this week, that's big enough that you can think about these larger issues and how the data spans those different functions, but not so big that you're starting to, you know, impinge on what IT is doing and that they sort of look around the corner and say, wait a minute, that's our job. You are IT. <laughs> so, you know, we, were, we had this sort of, you know, this great period where we were able to kind of do our own thing. We were much closer to the requirements of what we wanted out of those systems, and that made a lot of sense. Now we're creeping back towards the other, the other way of, of how things used to be, and there's going to be some gray area in there and a lot to be sorted out. And that horizontal integration that we're talking about isn't just horizontal integration in terms of the system. There's process, ownership, operations concerns as well. When one system is driving both sales and marketing, who runs it? Yeah. Who decides? Yeah. So, you know, think start as you start as a leader start thinking about where this is going. You have to look at the technology as, frankly maybe the easiest part. You've got to realign your organization, not just inside marketing, but across marketing and sales, which makes it always more challenging. Yeah, because in fact, what we're really talking about throughout this is the idea of customer experience for B2B customers. And customer experience, as you rightly point out, uh, it, it doesn't belong just to marketing or sales, there's also customer care. Mm -hmm. But then to come back to the previous point, 
the more you think about it, the more it also depends on things like supply chain. So mm -hmm. does customer experience become something which requires the entire organization to transform and to rethink what they're doing? If you think at the, at the most foundational level of definition for customer experience, that's actually the entire reason a, customer, a company exists. Why does a company exist? You're delivering a customer experience that may be your product or wrapped around your product, but if you don't do that well, you're not going to exist for very long. So yes, it will require the entire organization, and I think that's one of the challenges with this, with this is it's not just how you market it or sell it, because that's the tail end of it. Mm -hmm. You've got to think through how you design your products, how you fulfill it, the experience they have once they get it. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an entire company thing, which comes back to that question of when you start thinking about the data layer, the orchestration layer, all these different layers, is it just sales and marketing or is it everything? Yeah, right. And, it, and it's interesting too, Kim. I mean, this is kind of a nice uh, sort of full circle or, or bookend uh, conversation. Now that we're going to wrap up right now, necessarily, but it's a great point in that you know the organizations that we've seen um, have done the best job of managing through change and managing through this sort of chaos have adopted a couple of different things. One is alignment across mar sales, marketing, and product, yep. and the other is customer obsession. And getting back to the you know the acquisition um, mm -hmm. that we spoke about uh, in the beginning. Uh, serious Decisions has always been around alignment across those three functions, yep. and Forrester is all about customer obsession. Absolutely. So it's really these two sort of macro trends and what these two companies have been all about that the melding of those two are, are going to be what get companies through all this change. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what we're actually seeing every year is increasing complexity, but also hopefully increasing visibility and a better understanding of how to deal with that complexity. If, yeah. you, look at, if you look at sort of the B2C world, and Hopefully this doesn't get my statuses revoked in all these companies, but <laughs> you know you know who does it well? Frankly, airlines mm -hmm. and hotels, right? Because I travel a lot, and if I engage with the airline through the phone, through the front desk person, through the app, all the same information's there. I can do pretty much anything I want to do with that, and they can talk to me in the way that I want to talk to them, and they can, I can manage my experience through any tool. Now that requires a completely horizontally organized organization, and it requires an ability to know everything about me. And you know, it's tougher when you're not, when you don't have as much information as you do in an airline situation, but that's sort of where you're going. Same with the hotels. Yeah. They know what floor I like to stay on, they know what kind of room I like. I don't have to tell them anything. I can talk, I can call the agent, I can use the app. You know, that's sort of the experience that we want to drive to on B2B as well. That's an amazing uh, look at the future, as we said. So, uh, Gil and John, thank you very much for the insights. Um, and I'd like to ask everyone to look out for the other podcasts coming up in this Spotlight on Serious Decisions series. Thanks. Thank you.